episode 442, High Functioning Depression in the Workplace, with Bonnie Lynn. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Okay, so today's guest is Bonnie Lynn, keynote speaker for mental health in the workplace. If you're looking to give an inspirational message for your team on mental wellness with the tools and strategies in these challenging times, please do reach out to Bonnie Lynn on mentalhealthkeynote.com. Get to the podcast. Okay, this week we're going to be talking about mental health and specifically high-functioning depression in the workplace. We've got Bonnie Lynn on the line. She's a mental health speaker. Through her own trials and hardships, Bonnie has found and developed a variety of ways to overcome many of life's challenges. Having suffered from debilitating depression that left her under the covers for weeks and months, Bonnie was desperate to find ways to come alive and be successful. So I'm sure some of us can appreciate and relate to that. I know I can. I've had depression in my history as well. So I'm really excited to dive into this one. And I know there's a, a lot of high-functioning people out there who may be feeling a little bit down in the current circumstances. So Bonnie, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Absolutely. Hi, Adam. Hi, yeah. Good to speak to you. So that was quite a brief introduction by me. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Oh, what I'm all about is to just have one little conversation with someone, a client, or um, with uh, 500 of um, audience on virtual meeting to share even just one grain of thought, even just one tip to feel better. Well, hopefully we get many tips in there today. So could you tell us a little bit about your origins? Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Yes. Well, um, I was born and raised in on the island country of Taiwan, okay. and I came out here, meaning California, to get my master's in interpretation and translation. So, of course, I worked as an interpreter for many years, but in between, um, because of my entrepreneurial spirit, I also um, did holistic healing, and I was certified as a wine educator, and I wrote a book about wine. Um, so after all these experiences, at um, one point I realized, oh, clients are flying me um, across the Pacific Ocean and life was good, but that's only on the surface because I actually was feeling terrible inside. Um, and that lasted for um, at least a few months before it dawned on me that, oh boy, I have depression. I have uh, severe depression. Yeah. Why do you, why do you, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a, a tricky one to find out why, why do you think that happened? Because like you said, we're talking about high functioning depression mm. and you, like you say, your clients are flying you all over the world from the outside looking in it, you know, it looks really good and you know, you're d doing really well. Do you know now looking back why, why you became depressed? Mm, sure. So clinical depression has so many um, causes. It's quite complex yep. to manage. So, I think one thing is uh, certain brains are, are considered neurodivergent, meaning uh, our, our brain is in, is in the spectrum, um, like our sexual orientation. And um, on the two ends of the spectrum, these are neurodivergent brains. So they are 
gifted brains or neurodivergent brains that are just hypersensitive, but these are also hyperproductive and creative brains. So the sensitivity uh, makes it more susceptible to environmental toxins and chemicals, and, and, and these potentially heavy metals accumulate over a lifetime, and eventually it just does its weird juju uh, to our behaviors and emotions. But in addition to that, there's also the traits of um, those like super driven and ambitious traits of this sort of brain, the flip side of it, it could be seen as the anxiety symptoms or the uh, bipolar or um, OCD yeah. symptoms. So for you personally, I mean, how long were you kind of functioning to a high level with it and, mm. and, and what happened ultimately? I was kind of always functioning in a high level, so to speak, but um, what often happened was on the off work days, I couldn't round errands. I uh, had a hard time even getting up in the morning. If I wasn't working, everything stopped. Yeah. But then when I showed up to work, I was a different animal. And uh, it was alarming because on the off work days, uh, there were thoughts of um, ending my life. And, um, and, and there was a part of me that was alert enough that I, I, I knew I got to do something about it. Mm. What did you do? And I mean, and how, how long would you yeah. say you, you were depressed and how did you get out of that? Oh, it lasted quite a while. I think between six months to nine months, uh, depending on like the, the small actions I took and people I reached out. Um, I knew that my former therapist uh, could no longer help me because we explored uh, talk therapy. And um, I, at that point, I was not considering um, seeing a psychiatrist or, or taking antidepressant. Mm-hmm. I w- somehow had that misconception and fear, a huge fear that I would become addicted to drugs um, as I had seen other people experience. And, um, and so therapy was out and antidepressant was out. I um, had many late night or early morning sessions with my life coach, who is also my spiritual teacher. And so I did more soul searching um, sessions and, and work. So I, it, it started, I think it's what helped ultimately were again, so many different things. It's always a puzzle. Yeah. A, a lot of, it's a, a complete puzzle that we have to put in the right pieces at the corner and complete the rest of it. Um, and the pieces I put at the corner are to um, work on my diet to truly, for, for me personally, yeah. I couldn't have sugar, I couldn't have gluten. And two, the continuous uh, healing sessions, whether it was a session with my spiritual teacher for the heart and energetic healing work, or going to meditation retreat. Um, so that's another corner of the, the puzzle to go yeah. in really, really deep to see what was missing, what was my soul craving, what was my heart craving, but I wasn't giving myself. 
And another piece of a puzzle was to have different conversations with people. And that's, in a way, is um, a, a mental shift. Like, rather than feeling so alone, starting to feel or to have a confidence that I could actually build a connection, a relationship with people. And, and uh, it could be just having interesting conversation with strangers. Mm. So, so working on my social life was another piece of puzzle. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, obviously, you changed some of your diet. And I, I, I saw in some of your information, you know, foods to avoid if you have mm. depression. I thought that was an interesting one. And you obviously mentioned mm. modifying your diet. I mean, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you can't be specific to all the listeners, but foods to avoid <laughs> if you have depression. What are your thoughts around that? The elimination of added sugar. Um, for some extreme cases, that extreme moments like back then when I was at the uh, the depths of my severe depression yeah. I had to not have sugar at all meaning the more sugary uh, fruit or dry fruit um, I eliminated them yeah so it was quite extreme but I had to to sort of uh, cleanse my body yeah so way. I mean if, if someone's yeah if someone's you know feeling depressed now listen to this and they, they, they think they're in depression or close to depression and they're trying all sorts of things Sugar, that's a healthy thing to do anyway, but that could be mm -hmm. something if you're really, you know, if you want to cover all your base and you really want to start to look to get out of depression, that can be something that at least helps the process. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sugar does weird things to our brain. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, our behaviors. Did your work ever suffer from your depression? Because it sounded like you just switched into a different person when you was at work and then it kind of, all the depression right. came out after it. Did it ever cross over right. into the workplace? No, that's the thing. That's why I was sort of blind to my own depression for, mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. While I was um, like multitasking, passing the wine exam, wine tasting, and working on my interpreting career. And, um, and also actually had a few other um, business ideas, fire burning in the back burners, it, it just didn't cross my mind. I was suffering yeah. um, in a way because I had extreme late nights and I also had, um, and I was also starting to be sort of socially um, seclusive. Yeah. I know what it's like, yeah, when you kind of don't want to talk to people and it starts as a slippery slope like, like that. For you, what was the rock bottom? Oh, um, it was the thought of taking my life. Mm. Um, and and it was New Year's Day. And um, of course, it was supposed to be festive. And yet, there was nothing to celebrate, I thought, in my own life. Uh, besides the quote-unquote career success, right? Yeah. And besides having a beautiful and a lovely condo in San Francisco and having a sweet cat. Uh, for whom I was being a delinquent mother uh, mm. to. So, um, so lying there um, in bed, I didn't have the strength or, or physical as well as mental strength to, to get up. And, and the thought of just, this is it. This is my life. And, and that's all I had. Um, should I go? Mm. Can I actually continue and and what happens what 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 it might it look like if if i continued 
are there people out there like me? So all of these thoughts were going through my mind and, and um, the thought of like leaving my family and my then um, really, really young nephew and having a, a uh, unimaginable impact on my family and my close friends um, kind of was uh, a, a, a loud enough alarm to, to sort of shoot me to action in a way, but it was several things. Um, it, it was that, and it was feeling that I have something to do in the world. Mm. This can't be it. What if there are people like me? What if I, what if I could get to the other side? Maybe I can help. I know, obviously, it sounds like the, the work was this, what was getting you up and out of bed and out of the house. But obviously, since the pandemic in 2020, a lot of people are, are <laughs> working so much. And, you know, right. and then even people who are working, they're working from home. So they, you know, they don't have maybe the, the routines to get out of the house. And so I wonder your thoughts about managing stress at work and even now managing stress at working from home, which is not just the entrepreneur now, it seems to be a lot, well, the world, a lot of the world is having to mm. you know, juggle working from home with, in a lot of cases, the family in and around the, where yeah. they're working. What are your thoughts around that? Yes. Two things. One is it's kind of always about self-care. So mental health is total health. Mm -hmm. There's no separation of our physical uh, from our mental and emotional and, um, yeah, and our, our psychological health. And so self-care could be um, about um, carving out five minutes at the top of hour to do a deep breathing exercise. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm talking about really just three or five minutes of continuous deep breathing. And you could see it as a, a form of meditation, but it's not the sit down, sort of quiet your mind meditation. Yeah. It's actual work in our body, work in our breathing. And it actually can eliminate uh, toxins. And so that's one thing. So at the top of our of the hour, whatever you do, stop and give yourself that wellness spa time. And for the next hour, it could be about giving your eyes a rest. And every time when I do that myself and, and just opening my, opening my eyes up for the, the next 55 minutes or two hours of work, I really always feel better. Um, so, so that's one thing, self-care. And then two, self-compassion. And first, our demands from our life, work, and the demands from our family, they don't end. And so, so at some point, we have to put a stop to, to the, the, the disruption and to the chaos and, um, and, and say to ourselves, I, I can do it, one, and two, what do I need at this moment? Rather than it being um, all about taking care of others, it's about taking care of ourselves. Like, I am okay, and I can breathe, and, and I can take a break, and I'm doing great. I'm doing well, I'm doing okay, and I'm good. What are your thoughts around the, sort of the workplace stigmas on mental health and mental health conditions? Mm. 
So there are several things. One is to recognize the brand diversity of it, right? No, no two fingerprints are the same and no two mm. brands are the same. So it takes all kinds to, to create a, uh, the success for the company. And productivity can look differently for different brands, for different personalities. And, and you're very highly functional uh, workers or high productive um, uh, star can actually may actually require different kind of workstation setup and and um, they may need to work at a more quiet environment potentially. Yeah. So so recognizing the brain diversity and two, it has to be a a, a conversation that's normalizing um, uh, mental health, meaning. Um, it, we could genuinely reach out to coworkers um, on, on virtual meeting or on the phone or in person uh, and, and ask the caring question of how are you? Yes, everyone asks that and everyone just answer it mindlessly, but it's about asking for the second time to show that you really care. Like, I mean, how are you to, to help people open up? And managers can do that. Um, the uh, supervisors can do that to set an example um, of it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to talk talk about what we're experiencing emotionally to normalize that conversation because no one is 100% mentally healthy. That's a myth. It makes it not human. To be human is to have emotions ups emotional ups and downs yeah and i think I, I actually saw on your website i mean it, to make people feel i don't know like then they're, they're not alone it's saying since the the pandemic i know stats can come from all sorts of places but between 41 to 75 percent of u.s adults working or not are experiencing symptoms of mental health through this period in 2020 and exactly right. what you say you know it's it's there's always everyone on the surface, you know, might look all, all good and well, but you know, there's always something going on behind the scenes and everyone has challenges and struggles. Absolutely. And uh, the suicide rate, um, sadly, also went up um, mm. at least 10% more. And that was just the, the, within the first two months of the, of, uh, the pandemic. We don't have a, the, the latest number yet, but even before the pandemic, uh, we lost one American every 11 minutes to suicide. Yeah. If someone th thinks they're depressed, they very likely are. But what about the early warning signs uh, that you can maybe personally spot yourself if you're the difference between, you know, just having an off day or feeling slightly sad and heading in the direction of depression? What, what early warning signs can you see personally? And also what things can you try and do before you become, you know, fully depressed? That's such a great question, um, Adam. One early sign is when you're feeling, when you've been feeling blue for a while, and a while could be more than three, five days. In addition, recognizing different emotional profiles um, of depression symptoms. Feeling blue, feeling sad is only one symptom. You could be feeling very irritated or easily irritable, mm. that's another um, 
symptom of depression. And, uh, and then there are physical symptoms, so losing weight, gaining weight for no reason. And uh, yeah, either you sleep too much or you can't sleep. Having spatial cravings for food, like overeating or no appetite at all. Yeah. These are uh, warning signs. So if you start to notice, you know, some of these symptoms we've talked about here, is there anything else in terms of to prepare yourself or make yourself more resilient to becoming fully depressed? Yes, absolutely. Um, the first step should always be reaching out to the professionals, reaching out to a talk therapist, uh, a licensed psychologist or a non-licensed therapist who's very experienced and very skilled and who's the right personality and uh, professional profile or, or style fit uh, for you. And it takes some interview and takes some time to find the, 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 the best therapist for, for, for you, but, but it's, it's um, worth the effort. Mm. Um, so seeking out uh, professional help, um, psychologist, therapist, and if need to, psychiatrists, who are the kind of psychiatrists who are willing to sit down and have a meaningful conversation, who's not just uh, ready to give you the, the first antidepressant to try within five minutes uh, yeah. um, you entering the office. Yeah. I was curious, do you still do the translations or is that, was that something you had to change to make some significant changes for your own mental health? So the uh, interpreting work um, wasn't the source okay. of my depression. Um, and it wasn't that lifestyle because it was healthy and I, I uh, set my own schedule. Um, but it's very much about just where I was and in terms of um, what I was looking for from life and the, again, the accumulated toxins in my brain and uh, locked in my cells that I wasn't able to detox or cleanse out. So I had to do a lot of functioning uh, functional medicine uh, type of um, diet and supplements help. And how long ago was was it when all this happened? Um, the death of my depression uh, was about six, seven years ago. Yeah. And have you ever had a period since then where you thought actually that was either, you know, very close to depression or that mm. was a, another challenging period. But then obviously from what you've learned since you, you, you kind of identified it and did your best to get away from that, as it were. Yes. What I'm sharing with people is it's not about uh, not having depression mm -hmm. or changing our brain. Mm -hmm. Of course, I think there are energetic healing that we could actually change our brain. Um, however, it's about knowing the solution, having all the puzzle pieces um, for, for our self-care to, to manage our depression, know what kind of supports we need, physical support and a support network, like you know, the professional medical uh, support, as well as knowing ourselves and set up that network for, yeah. for us. And, and having, again, the different tools, like taking your wellness break um, every hour or a few times a day, or when you need to take a nap in the middle of the day, if you could afford that, um, since we're working from home. and um, um, I also learned that a lot of people aren't taking the PTOs when you no know, paid time off. This is a good time to take the PTO, even if you 
a stay at home, but just 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 lounge it around and give yourself a break. We're going to move into the alpha round, and I like to start that off with: yeah. Is there a particular quote that really is either a favorite or really sums up your approach to life? Any spring to mind? Mm. Um, I do like this quote from Steve Jobs. Um, and it wasn't uh, your typical Silicon Valley quote. And he said, ultimately, or what's most important is to have the courage to follow your heart. We're all pretty brainiac. Uh, we're very in, in, intelligent and intellectual, um, but that sometimes can, can our emotions or what we really need um, and our depression symptoms could actually hide behind that um, intelligence or intellectuality. Mm. And so if we, if we, when we can remind ourselves to, to have the courage to follow our heart and listen to our intuition, um, it makes a difference. It, it helps us recognize the signs of depression and anxiety and other mental health symptoms and, and uh, challenges and to start doing something about it. Yeah. And when it comes to books, has there ever been an impactful book for you or a, it doesn't have to do with depression or in, in this sort of realm of the, the brain, but it may do, just an impactful read for you at the time? But overall, um, I really like these two books. Uh, one, uh, The Success Principle mm. by uh, Jack Canfield. Yeah. And the other book is titled The Mosaic mind oh i've never heard of that one <laughs> it's by um regina Gould. um i'll find it i'll put it in the show notes gordon well. <laughs> and richard schwartz okay what uh what's the general kind of premise behind the m mosaic mind yes the mosaic mind um uh talks about using internal family system ifs as a way of therapy, self-therapy, as well as professional therapy to unearth the traumas okay. and start dealing with those traumas. Traumas could be our hidden skeleton behind um, the depression. Good recommendations. And what's the, best, what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to continue the conversation? Yes, they... Um, could sign up to get a free gift on my website and it is mentalhealthkeynote.com. Mentalhealthkeynote.com. Cool, we'll put that in the show yep. notes. What are some key things that you feel like we haven't covered when it comes to you know, depression, the subject, dealing with it, identifying it? Is there anything else that you really feel like it hasn't been said yet and you really want to drive home that point? Um, yes. Um, so it um, has to do with what I've learned personal experience and from conversation with people, the uh, unspoken traumas or the undealt traumas, um, again, could be um, one of the causes for, for depression and even anxiety as well. So, so at some point, um, when people are ready to start that journey of looking in and looking um, to the past um, and, and heal the trauma and deal with the grief. Um, and certainly once a certain work has been done in that department, it's also very much about looking forward and be ready 
be ready to transform your life, transform your mind, transform your inner conversation uh, for the future. As opposed to keep digging uh, to the past and it becomes a never ending sort of journey of dealing with traumas. It's good to unearth some and then start dealing with that and having that recognition, but it's also very much about future looking. Definitely. Well, Bonnie, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for the time. Adam, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. Bonnie Lynn, keynote speaker for mental health in the workplace. If you are looking to give an inspirational message to your team on mental wellness, the tools and strategies in these challenging times, please do reach out to Bonnie Lynn on www.mentalhealthkeynote.com.